kind of just fell off the wagon, to be honest, in my honest opinion. I just was out partying a lot. Um, it's quite, so it's depressing sometimes. So I was basically going to quit rugby before I moved to Atlanta because I thought my everything was kind of over. Hello and welcome to the Off Field Rugby Pod. My name is Brian Moylette. I'm a former Irish underage international and this podcast is for young rugby players. I chat with players and coaches at the top of the game about their journey and get their insights so that you can learn from them. Please follow me on Instagram at offfieldrugby, share the pod with friends and make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Today I'm chatting with former St. Michael's and Lansdowne man Mark O'Keefe who is now playing in Major League Rugby with the Austin Gilgronies. Before that he was with Rugby New York and then Rugby ATL in Atlanta. He talks about how he got to the MLR, then how he was turfed out after two years and just about to give up on professional rugby before a very unlikely turn of events saw him get another shot at it. He opens up about regrets he had over things he did when he was younger and also talks about the work ethic he adopted in recent years, which he said got him back on track. He explains what he wish he did when he was 19, 20, 21 and there's great learnings here for young players. He was working on a building site not too long ago, which he chats about nearly breaking his back. And now he's marking Man Anu and getting named in Teams of the Year with Adam Ashley Cooper and World Cup winner Andy Ellis. Also, at the end of the pod, I talk about the team that needs to sign him on a short term deal after the MLR. And you'll see, needs to happen. So here's episode number 46 with Mark O'Keefe. A lot of people stress about money. Where should you be investing? Are you prepared if there's a crash? And loads more. And if you're not an expert, finances can be really daunting. I know the people at Sparks Wealth and they're brilliant. What they do is they educate you on your finances without any jargon. They create a personalized plan for you and manage your money so that it's working for you and so that you don't need to be worrying about it. You can book a free, no obligation Zoom call now on their website, sparkswealth.ie. So how is life in Austin? How are you getting on? Pretty good. I just uh, just got back from the pool. It's about 90 degrees. Um, so it's a bit different to home. Obviously, it's, it's not bad. Uh, it was actually mad. There was a, a massive thunderstorm last night. It's weird the way last night, like my whole room was like a disco. It kept on lighting up with lightning and thunder and then pouring rain. This morning, we woke up. It's 90 something degrees outside the pool is open and stuff so it's just a bit it's weird but it's class yeah i remember that when i lived in st louis it was real hectic like there's a period of, of the year where it'd be like that exactly yeah it's mad and is it hot all year round over there yeah like when i came i arrived in november it was pretty hot there was like a cold snap in we got back we had christmas out we got like a three-week training camp in November and then went back for Christmas to actually didn't go home I just went to New York but then when we got back from Christmas in the middle like maybe, maybe the end of January start of February it was freezing there was snow and everything and like 
it's funny because Texas isn't able for that. Like there was it was a small bit of snow and like it was pretty cold, but like our reception closed down, our train we weren't allowed to train where like when I was in New York we were training in the snow. So it's a bit different. Every other day is just really warm, so it's not bad. Have to be careful of the old Irish skin though. Yeah, yeah get the factor fifty on. And <laughs> yeah. How did you end up going down to Austin? How did that end up happening? Um, so really, well, we played them when I played for Atlanta last year. Uh, it was probably one of my best games of the year, to be honest. We actually lost. It was in Austin. I was playing for Atlanta. We actually lost, but it was probably one of my best games of the year. And uh, just after the season, after the final last year in the Coliseum, I kind of I didn't really know what I was going to do because I obviously I was basically going to quit rugby before I moved to Atlanta because I thought my everything was kind of over. So I didn't know if I was going to pursue again because I was only on a one year in Atlanta or do I go somewhere else or do I go home or do I try my hand somewhere across the overseas even more. But I was just Sam Harris, the head coach, and Mark Gerard got in touch with me pretty sharpish. And like, honestly, from chatting with them, they're, they're two legends. Like I just... I actually didn't know Mark Dryden, like I, I remember watching Mark Dryden when I was in, when I was younger, wake up every morning on Saturday to watch Super Rugby. And at first I didn't know that was him that was on the phone to me because he's our backs coach. And I was like, oh yeah. And then I met him. I was like, this is crazy. But uh, yeah, they're just really keen and they just seemed like really good lads. Um, I like the, I like the brand of like Australian footy is just like kind of heads up, do whatever you like, play, play what you see. And, they just got. They just were like so adamant for me to come down here, and I kind of liked. I kind of liked that feeling of like actually being wanted because I was when I was in New York. Obviously, I was turfed out, so like I didn't have that feeling. And then Atlanta wanted me to stay, but um, no, I just saw a better, a good opportunity to come to Austin, and it's a booming city. It's ridiculous. The city, it's class. So I was happy enough to come down here. Have you been? Nice one. Yeah, it's mad. No, I haven't been. It's mad when you say they're a booming city. Like uh, a few of the f- lads I know from Linderwood moved there when they graduated, like or when I was leaving around 2017, 18-ish. And uh, since then, it's like, you know, Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, everyone moving there, like Tesla, all this carry on. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's mad. Yeah, you can see it. There's a few, apparently a few of the, like, I think they're called Austinites, they call it. They're not very happy with it, like the original Austin people. They're not very happy with the whole like booming sector and like prices. Obviously, house prices and like everything's going up. But like you can't you can't not want that for your city. Like if you it's, it's like if you go downtown, like it's such a young city as well because it's so tech tech uh, oriented and like UT is in the middle of the city. It's just everyone's so young and just it seems like everyone's just really happy. Which is funny because when I see think of Texas, obviously what's happened at the moment with all the shootings and stuff, it's crazy. Like you kind of feel like. Austin's kind of a different part of Texas because it's like much more. I don't know if it's. I think it's much more blue rather than red. I think it's more that or something like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, no, hundred percent. And I heard. I think Matthew McConaughey lives there too. I heard him talk about that before as well. How it's like a bit different to the rest yeah. of Texas. Yeah, yeah. He well, he goes to the uh, Austin Austin United or something like that. This the. Football team, and he goes to the matches and screams out the stands and stuff. Like, it'd be unreal if we could get him to one of our games. It'd be sweet. <laughs> it'd be ridiculous. That'd be sick. Yeah, yeah. that'd be good. Get on to him. Um, and when you were saying there, you're 
turfed out in New York. What happened there? Oh, nothing. Like it was just um, more. I think it was surplus to requirements. Really, I think there was they got a new new coach in, um, new owner. My first year was an Irish, like James Kennedy. If you ever heard of him, the man, the myth, the legend uh, from New York. He was the owner, and then they got a new owner. And obviously, looking at their team now, they wanted to go down the road of New Zealand players, and so obviously working out for them. I think there's only there's not there's no Irish lads left. Maybe. Dylan Fawcett is there, but he's American Irish. That's the only one left. So this went down a different pathway. So um, they do like oh, I've no 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 problem with it. It's just I well I wasn't really turfed out. I was just told you don't have a contract, which is basically the same thing. But it wasn't as much. I like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, mad. And you you were playing pretty well though, weren't you? Like you you did all right in your two years there. Did grand, yeah. Um, I honestly think it was probably the best thing for me because. I think I was kind of comfortable and also when I went over to New York my first year um it was kind of like a bit of a junket like I was I was planning on going over on a grad visa and anyway so I was going to New York and then I got a call off James English the old manager and he was just like keen for rugby in New York and I was like uh, yeah and then I didn't I, it's not that I didn't take it seriously but I didn't really take my body or my health very seriously when I was in New York it's pretty pretty wild place sometimes um and then covid was probably the best thing for me because i had uh had like nine months back in ireland and everything was closed bar my mate uh had a gym in his in his uh in his granny's shed and every day i'd go there my, because i couldn't i sold my car before i left new york so I, for the first four months i bought a car after four months but for the first four months my dad's a real rugger head so he dropped me up to Rathmines, this is when height of the lockdown, so you couldn't. I wasn't even supposed to travel 2k. My dad was like, I don't give a shit, you're going to the gym. I'm like, okay. So he'd drive up to Rathmines, uh, he'd, he'd wait outside for like an hour. I'd do a gym session, he'd drive me home every day for four months until I bought a car. Um, but I'd do that and I'd do like an F45 a night and it just like just put on a bit of size. And to be honest, I don't think if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here because. I just kind of took my rugby and like health and gym way more serious in the after during that lockdown, and then it paid off. With obviously went to Bermuda, the tens, which was good crack, and then uh, got signed by Atlanta. So yeah, nice one. And but I saw then that you were thinking of so around that period when you were let go by New York, you're back home. Were you thinking of kind of at one point leaving professional rugby a little bit, or you weren't really sure what you were doing? Were you kind of in limbo a bit there at that yeah. point? Yeah, I was in, I was working on a construction site for uh, my mate. Uh, I, I, I still was chasing the dream a small bit. So, like, I'd actually, I, well, I can't remember when I started, but it must have been around October or September I started. And, like, from, when did we get back? April that year till September, I was just gymming. And then I was like, right, time to get a job because the rugby could be over. But then I still had a small bit in my mind that I was like trying to go again. So kind of didn't like put a feeler out for a full-time job. So my mate was like, here, I'll pay you to be on the construction site. So I was working in the Dean and all the press-up hotels doing all this stuff during COVID when they were, um, when it was locked in, they were just getting all renovations and stuff. And so I'd wake up every morning at six o'clock to do a row session. Then I'd go do nine hours on site and then I do a gym session and then sometimes I'd go to Lansdowne training as well Tuesdays and Thursdays and it was just it was 
I was in bits by the end of it. And then there was, I think it was just after Christmas, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done because no one was biting on me. Everyone I, <clears throat> everyone I uh, talked to and my agent talked to, I got nowhere. And then I said to my sister, I was like, all right, I need to get off this site because I'm going to break my back if I, <laughs> if I keep doing this. So I had a degree and I had a master's. So I was like, let's just start it, try and link a LinkedIn profile. And uh, then we'll go from there. And she's like, let's just wait one more day. Actually, no, sorry. We created the LinkedIn profile that night. She was like, let's just wait one more day to see what happens. Because it was pretty close. It was like one game into the season already. Uh, see what happens. And uh, the next day, Scott Lawrence, the, well, the old head coach of Atlanta, called me being like, can you get on a plane tomorrow, or in two days to Atlanta? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I remember I was in my... I was in, I was living above my dad's pub with two two of my mates three of my mates, and uh, I was just like shocked because they were just for the last nine months they were just like this gobshite thinks he's actually going back, he's working on site like he's not there's no chance he's going back like, and I like I was like I'm done I'm not going anywhere and then I come up every single night I'd be like oh I'm going here I'm going here I have a chance here and then it's like yeah yeah I'll see you in the morning yeah go go back and work on site and then I went up to them I was like lads I'm going to Atlanta they're like thank fucking Christ, almost like they're just like, Jesus Christ, like, thank God you've got something, so, went and, yeah, rest is history, really, it's a mad story, though, I, wow, I can't get out, you, you couldn't, you couldn't write it, like, that is daft, yeah, and so you were, were you just gonna get a job in an office and play with Lansdowne? Yeah, literally, yeah, probably try and jump over yeah. to, I was probably going to try and feck off to Australia or something at some point as well, just because I kind of want to go there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's mad. And how does it work then with visas and all that carry on? Like, <clears throat> did you still have, you still had a visa from your time in New York, did you, to, to go back to Atlanta? Yes. Yeah, so I had a three-year P1 visa. It's like a professional visa, and that actually ran out. I had one more year on it, so Atlanta, it was pretty easy for Atlanta to get me over. Um, but then it actually ran out in September this year. So I got a new one through, through Austin. So I'm going to two more years, but it's pretty easy to renew. Once you have it, it's pretty easy to renew. It's just getting it is kind of the issue. But I think because I'm here five years now, I, um, well, I will be after my second year in, in Austin. I think you can apply for a green card. So I might be able to try and do that, hopefully. That'd be nice. Yeah. And then when uh, you were leaving, so like Atlanta still wanted you, you were in like the was a second MLO or all team or whatever you were, you were, you were balling last year at Atlanta, and they wanted to keep you. And then Austin got in touch. What was it? Was it you said the coaches really wanted you? What was it kind of that that you were like, this this could be a good move because um, things looked to be going all right there too. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I liked it. I loved Atlanta. Um, it was pretty good fun, but. Uh... Yeah, it was just kind of the other, like another opportunity. As in terms of the city, I, I I've heard so much about Austin. Like a lot of my friends have lived, a few of my friends have lived here, and I don't think I've ever heard a bad thing about this place. Um, and yeah, they just like talking to, like you know, when you're on the phone to someone and you just you they they kind of got me excited. Like Sam Harris and Mark Dryad, anytime they talked to me, it was just like I was so excited to even with for the opportunity to come down here, and like I knew few of the players down here, um, their culture is pretty good. Like, it's very family-oriented. Like, I'm going over for dinner now in a bit to the Mac Mason, the Ten's house. Just kind of like, it's like they, they just kind of sold the whole family 
uh, vibe to me here. And to be honest, I, like as soon as I, it's kind of nice getting a phone call and someone wanting you. So I don't think I've ever had something like that. Where, like obviously with when I moved to Atlanta, they needed me as well as wanted me. But this was like, they didn't even need me. They just wanted me straight away. So it was kind of like one of my first opportunities to ever have some a phone call like that. And I was just like, yeah, you said you got me as soon as you said you wanted me so bad. So I was like, perfect. And I'm loving it. Like it's, it's a, uh, it's class down here. It's deadly. Yeah. Nice one. And what do you think it is that like you're doing yeah. so well, like you're was a point off the top, um, but you don't seem to have like the same superstars or maybe like big names as other teams might, but like what, what is it that yeah. you're doing well there? I don't know. Um, like that was kind of the similar buzz to last year as well with Atlanta. We were just like, in terms of Atlanta last year, we were just dogged. Like we, people, our, my team were full of men would just put their heads in crazy places. But I think with our with this team this year, like we have, we don't have like outrageous names. But like if you, go, I always, I always think like when you look on paper, our team is actually pretty. It's pretty stacked to be honest. Like we have, but they have like good positions like we've Marcel Bracky who played I don't know a, a lot of years for the Western Force like 10 plus maybe I'm gonna say 10 plus I'm not sure and then like Mac Mason or 10 played for the Waratahs was in Australia camp once or twice uh seven McLean Jones played for the Waratahs like all these players you never hear them but they have played at like higher levels Bryce Campbell played for London Irish Julian Dominguez played for the Argentina team so like oh, Seb Deshaw is my roommate plays for played for Leicester, London Irish and Newcastle. So like and Lockie McCaffrey played in Japan, Waratahs, Leicester. These players like they're kind of they're not big names, but they've played big rugby, which is kind of I think that's much better because like our media doesn't our me, the media doesn't attract them as much. So we're kind of going under the radar, but they're just as good. And also, yeah, they don't have like a big a big hand on like I don't know not a big head, but a more. They, they, they've already, I don't know, I feel like I'm playing Man Anu this weekend, marketing him, so that'd be interesting. But, like, he has so much to live up to in every game that, like, it's he can't play, he can't play at the level of a World Cup winner that he did when 2015 every game, but everyone expects him to do that. So, like, if he doesn't play a good game, if he doesn't play that well, they're like, oh, what's going on with him? Whereas all these players were kind of just going under the radar of, like, we have these big players and we just, everyone just kind of puts their skills together and I've just done pretty well this year. I think one of the things that Sam Harris said to me at the start of the year, Mark Gerard, he was like, I don't want you to be really good. I don't want you to be good at four or five things. I want you to be excellent at one or two things. And we're just going to use that, which is kind of good for me because I'm kind of limited sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's brilliant. That's really good that he says that. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah, it can be kind of confused and overwhelming, isn't it? Sometimes with coaches like, do this, do this, do this. And then when you're here, do this and then do that and then do this other thing. Whereas if you just, like everyone's good at one or two things. And if you just focus hard on Absolutely. those, then you'll play well. Yeah. Because you don't have to, you don't have, like my role isn't as like I play, I'm mostly playing 13. Like, yeah, the top international players in the world have to be good at everything at for 13. But like this league obviously it's a really good league and it's the highest I've played but like I don't have to be a 10 out of 10 passer 10 out of 10 kicker 10 out of 10 runner 10 out of 10 defender 
if I'm a 10 out of 10 runner or like an 8 out of 10 runner and an 8 out of 10 defender, that's good enough for our team. And then the other people around me will do the 8 out of 10 passing or 8 out of 10 kicking or whatever, you know what I mean? It's kind of the way. Like he doesn't, like, because if I focus on too many things, those two things that I'm good at will depreciate as well because I won't give them enough time. So it's pretty good. It's a, it's a, it's a good way of managing players because I think my head would explode if I had to try and, become uh, like a good at everything i do so no 100 percent, yeah and how do you find then like i was gonna say moving around different positions like you play wing 12 13 a bit ever in the back line but is it kind of just once yeah. you're i suppose now you kind of answer it but once you're just focused on one thing do you kind of just focus on that same thing wherever you're playing yeah i mean obviously they're kind of like like they're not too they're not too far away from each other like 12 and 13 are obviously quite close. It just depends what type of 12 or 13 you're playing. And then wing, like I, I played wing on the weekend there and uh, I like it, but I'm my favorite position is 13. I think you get the ball a bit more at 13 and there's a lot more chance of you running hard lines and like sidestepping and stuff rather than I think wing is like they kind of sometimes throw you the ball and see how fast you can run. Um, so I like my favorite position is 13, but... Uh, yeah, it's not it's not too bad like to just swap around positions. I remember uh, a couple of couple like two or three weeks ago, sat, our head coach was like, "We might try on because I played every game at thirteen. He's like, "We might try on the wing some uh, week." How do you feel about that? I was like, "I'm okay with it," but like, I, he's like, I, "I'm fine with it. I'll play wherever you want. I'll play hooker if you want me to play hooker. If it means I'm on a starting team." And he's like, "Okay, cool." And he walked away. I was like, "But please don't play me hooker." And he's like, "Yeah, perfect. <laughs> don't think so." Yeah, yeah. And where did you play mostly growing up? Uh, 13, yeah. I mean, I, in school, junior cup, uh, 12 and junior cup, 13 and 12. Yeah, 13 and 12, really. Lansdowne. Lansdowne was actually more 12. New York was 13. Will Leonard was 12. And then Atlanta was 13. And then now here, 13, so... I like that yeah, good stuff. And then, yeah, going back, then you say schools. So you're in Michael's pretty good one. Um, what were the plans? Yeah. Like, what were, and you played Leinster 19s, was it when you left? But what were the like goals back then, or what, what were your plans with rugby when you were that age? Yeah, I I always wanted to um, make it like, like I always wanted to play in like Leinster and like back at home and stuff. Um, when I was in school, I think I could have taken it a bit more seriously, um, especially when I got to like fifth and sixth year, maybe. I know I didn't make, I made the subs in fifth year for the cup team and we won and then didn't make, was sub in sixth year and I was quite annoyed about that. But like, I think for me, looking back on it, I could have been a bit more mature about the situation and then kind of went up to kind of 20s, um, did pretty well up there and then kind of just fell off the wagon to be honest in my honest opinion I just was out partying a lot um I had like not a, I didn't think I had a chance uh with like so many other people around me and stuff but I remember I was talking to one of the the SNCs and when I was up in car 20s and they said they were looking at me but they didn't that I'd have to like show a bit more um to see if I get like a sub academy or something like that and I think oh it kind of haunts me to this day that I wasn't as motivated as I was in the COVID season than I was back then, because I think if I actually went 
to be honest, I think if I went to the gym and took my diet and didn't go out partying 24-7 and uh, ate right for, like, when I was that age, like, 19, 20, 21, 22, I could have had a bit more. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I would have made it at all. Probably wouldn't have. But I definitely would have given myself a better chance because, like, I was playing at Lansdowne. Uh, Lansdowne's one of the best clubs in Ireland. And, like, we were winning, won the AL and top try scorer, second second top try scorer when we lost in the semi-final and stuff like so I was doing the right things. I just wasn't doing all the. I was doing some right things, but I wasn't doing all the right things. And kind of, it kind of ticks me off to be honest sometimes because, like, this whole like played pretty all right last year and doing pretty well this year, and I just kind of feel like maybe I left that behind me. But even I, I, saying that, even now, like thinking to like test myself to go overseas or something would be unreal. But I also love my life over here. Um, and it's hard to because I'm 27, turn 28 in September. Like obviously rugby isn't for, isn't forever. So like I can see myself staying in America for the rest of my life. So if I ever did get an opportunity, it'd have to be a pretty big one to leave here because I, I'm going to stay. I want to be here for the rest of my life. Yeah, man, I feel exactly what you're saying there about like when you're younger. I was, yeah, it, a lot of it resonated with me. Jeez, like the exact same. Like like you're saying, like playing underage, yeah. like. 19s 20s and then you look around you and see lots of good players and then you're like well i'm not as yeah. good as him right now so i'm not going to make it and then yeah. you and kind then of to, i suppose yeah. become a bit defeatist don't you and then you're like well fuck mm-hmm. i'm not going to make it because he's better than me right now and i the exact same as you just partying all the time yeah shock him let's go crack <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> took a few years off my life maybe but yeah it is daft then as well like like you say it's funny um it's funny as well because i think when you're in those like like you say you're in conquerings or you're in these uh higher levels and you have such a narrow view whereas in the states then you go over there you're ripping it up you're you're one of the best players in the league you know what i mean but you look around like lands in ireland and it's it's tough but then like even like you look around this like this this league's crazy at the moment like in terms of some of the people that like I'm lining up against Manonu this weekend or last weekend, uh, Paul Asike plays played for Harlequins for four years. He was playing last weekend, weekend before who do we play? Like played LA, Billy Meeks, Craig Cooper's training with them. Matt Gitto was with Ad- Adamashi Cooper after like some of the people that you run into, you're just like, what the hell is going on here? Cause like, it's such a desirable, like America is such a desirable place to live. Uh, like in terms of, like weather and like just everything about it that I don't know what I don't know when this league's gonna get like big enough to be to compete with Pro fourteen or anything like that, but I'm I i do not know if this is gonna sound very well, but I think it will in, in numerous years, like a long time away, but because it has to because it's such a desirable place. And like there's stupid there's stupid amount of money in this country. Like the owner of the owner of our team and the LA team owns F forty five is worth like 500 million or something like that like something crazy like it's more than the people that the, the owner of Leinster and all that so like oh well, that's the RFU but like you know you get what I'm saying like it's just like there's so much yeah. money in this country that it's like these oh like uh, it's kind of like what happens with the MLS like all these older, older players come to retire but like it's going to just open up a pathway for all the younger players like that will happen with me but even younger but like coming out of school they'll be like I want to move to America. There's just as so much money there 
and I'll just live the life in, on a beach in California and play rugby for LA. Sounds a lot better than nine months in the pissing, pissing rain in, in the sports grounds, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I fully agree. I think it will, uh, like you say, with the MLS, like that took a while. It was like David Beckham was maybe the first big name, then a load of them went over to retire, essentially. But then you get yeah. people who are a bit younger going over there and... It's similar even in MLR, like like you mentioned, Billy Meeks, like he was in his late 20s, mid 20s, or he, you know, he could have kept playing yeah. Super Rugby or Premiership. And yeah. there are a few other players that 100% could could be playing elsewhere if they wished. Oh, like, like even like our, I'd say from my team this year, uh, I don't know if they're going to do medical jokers or sign yearly contracts. I know one or two have already signed on to the premiership teams and going back to play ITM Cup and go back to Super for a little bit. But like, that's just my team. Like I can imagine like the whole New York team is probably going to go back to ITM Cup because they're off from New Zealand. Uh, don't know what the buzz with most of the other, but like there's going to be, everyone just kind of leaves because it's such a weird off season, but everyone's just going to, they pick up medical jokers like our hooker, uh, Hugh Roach was in Perpignan for medical joker for six months before coming here between seasons so like everyone just picks up little gigs and stuff so like they're able to play at that level it's just I feel people are enticed to stay here because obviously it's professional obviously it's as like it's the most the highest level I've played at so I can't I don't really know but like America is just a bit looser in some points as well you know what I mean you can't it's not it's not the premiership but it's it's not it's not the premiership but it's not club rugby it's definitely not club rugby but it's not it's not too far like it's our like our our head of SNC or our head of like health and performance was head of uh health and performance for the Crusaders when they won like four uh, supers and stuff. So like we're we're kept on a tight leash sometimes. And I think most teams are gradually building into that because I remember my first year in New York was was a bit different to now. I tell you that sure. Kyle Marsh might say a few words about it. <laughs> So it was like, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. So you're saying like it was when the league was starting out, it was it was amateur players, a lot of a, kind of amateurs yeah. stepping up and and just seeing what it was yeah. like and the structures wouldn't have been in place. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Our first year was, my first year in New York was, there was a lot more, uh, there was a lot less rugby, a lot more partying. Yeah, yeah, to put just, it simply. Uh, that's about it, really. But it was good. It was like, we got, we got, we got, we got to the semifinals get lost with the last kick from the touchline conversion 21 by one point we lost so yeah but like you kind of have to do it like every league starts at some point and obviously this league has grown in the last couple of years I think with the I think with the new I think there's more teams coming in next year as well which could be even better someone said there could be a potentially a Miami team so that could be class yeah it's a cool place to live for sure and uh, what are your plans yeah. for the off season? Uh, gonna go back up to New York. My missus lives in New York, so um, I'm just secured an apartment there. So I go up, hopefully, hopefully after the twenty fourth, the twenty fourth of November is the final. So I haven't booked any flights yet. So I'm hoping to go up there um, and play for Nyack. Do you know Nyack? New York Athletic. Yeah, Club? yeah. Play for them. Uh, try and get the body right. Yeah, I was up there a few years back with Deco. He um oh, it was like twenty sixteen oh, yeah. or seventeen. He was playing there. He's played there for a year or two before the New York team started up. And uh, 
Yeah, I went yeah. for a few beers on like the rooftop there, overlooking. It's Central unreal, Park. isn't it? It's pretty slick. Yeah. Your brother's. I sorry, your brother's playing. I got your brother. Your, your brother is he playing? I think he was in touch with one of the yeah. coaches. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was on to him about coming over for sevens. Yeah, he. I think he's just this week or last week sussed out. He's yeah, got an apart. They've got an apartment. A couple of them from Lindenwood, and he's going to head up. Uh, I don't know in the next two weeks or something. They finish up collegiate that's sevens good. and yeah he's gonna head up there for the summer so yeah you can keep an eye on that's him. good crack yeah i'll try he can keep an eye on me probably as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh so yeah what, and when does then the have you signed on for next season with austin Is yeah it... yeah so we did I, I actually just asked that question the other day because um just about going back because i'm trying to figure out flights back home for christmas and stuff and so we probably report back for a camp, another three-week camp in November. And then you get off from December, uh, the whole month of December basically off. And then you're back in January 1st for, I don't know when, I think the season started. The season starts the week, the weekend after the Super Bowl every year, I think. So whenever that is, the season starts. But yeah, should be good fun. Hopefully we get go the whole way this year and we'll see what happens after that but yeah I was tempted I was thinking about trying to do something in the off season really about going somewhere else but you can't you can't pass up at somewhere in New York City though can you yeah it's nice for sure and uh, so you play sevens there and play in you be playing seven same as Neil and in that uh, like was it like national tournament you go yeah yeah I don't know what it is to be honest Um, I think we play I'm only going to get one of the seven tournaments, maybe, um, maybe two, but there's that. And then you're off until end of August. And then you play like Old Blue is another New York team. Mystic is a Boston team. I think we might play Life, which is the Atlanta team. And then there's one more New York team. I can't remember who it is. White Plains, maybe, I think it is. And you just play them in a round robin. It's, it's pretty good. It's good fun. Like, it's pretty chilled. Uh, it's nice, like obviously, rugby is great and stuff, but it gets pretty intense when you're living it twenty four seven. Um, so it's kind of like obviously it's like a completely different buzz where I just train Tuesdays and Thursdays, an hour session. I just do my own gym sessions. I have a, a gym in my apartment in New York, so do that kind of just get my body right for next year because I've taken a few knocks and bruises this season and play a couple of games and like just kind of kind of enjoy kind of more social rugby obviously it's still serious I still want to win but it's not as serious as this so it's like it's quite good in the sense it's a good balance for for your rugby career that I can have like six or seven months serious rugby and then I still like I love it so like I still can get the opportunity to go chill out go to Nyack and obviously still compete and try and be try and beat every team but at the end of the day, if we lose by two points, I'm not going to go home and want to blow my head off. Whereas if we do that here, it's quite, so it's depressing sometimes. So it's, uh, it's good. It's like, I, I kind of like the balance of my life at the moment with that. And yeah, going up to New York and is for the summer is going to be pretty nice as well. Nice one. And yeah, I know what you mean there about like intense, but, uh, yeah. Do you feel that like when you're in that environment, like in a pro league or in a pro team, like, that kind of like winning losing like just intense like say like you know getting bit down after losses and that kind of stuff yeah yeah i mean 
I think this weekend, like we played, we've had ourselves in pretty, pretty uh, good shape for the whole season until we played LA and had a bye week and then played Utah last week. So before LA, we were nine points clear. Yeah. Yeah, nine points clear at the top. Basically favoured to get a home. So if you get first, you get a home quarterfinal. You get a home semifinal. You get a week off. And like it's just, and you could potentially host the whole final of everything. Um, and then we kind of didn't play our best against LA. But we were coming, coming to a bye week. So we were like, kind of brush it. Uh, had a good night out. And then thought we'd come back pretty sharp against Utah. Got our pants pulled down quite literally. Um, and that was probably probably the lowest point of the of this year even though it wasn't as upsetting like we weren't it wasn't I remember a few times last year where like everyone was screaming at each other and very angry it wasn't as bad as that but it was just more like we didn't do ourselves justice so like it was kind of everyone was down but we were definitely not out like so it doesn't make it's not that bad Um, I think this year in this team because we're such close knit it's kind of kind of hard to be like so um so down or so sad sometimes because everyone's innocent like it's not like if someone messes up it's not the end of the world because we all we all, everyone messes up every time like every match you know what i mean everyone makes mistakes so yeah i've done like i have been down before in matches but i think this year it's actually been pretty pretty good in terms of that because we've been doing pretty well as well but yeah we're just a pretty close in the team so if someone someone's there and everyone gets around them and go for a beer, go for a coffee or get some food or just chill out and watch a movie or go to the pool, which is pretty nice as well. Yeah. And when you say like last year and probably other times, but people screaming at each other, like what can I carry on with that event? Um, uh, first game for Atlanta, we played, uh, played Washington DC. Oh, glory away. I was on the bench. Uh, I was just happy to be there. Obviously, with this whole story, I was like, I can't believe I'm back here. Uh, I thought I was literally going to be in an office job for the rest of my life. I was pretty happy. Came on, scored a walk-in try. I was basically over the line already, put the ball down. I was happy out. I was delighted. But we lost the game. But <laughs> I'd only been there for like four days. So I was pretty happy to be there. I was pretty happy to be on the bench. And then I was pretty happy to score. But it was a disaster that we lost the game. And yeah, I, I, it was the first time I saw our, our coach very angry, and let's just say he wasn't very happy. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't keep the smile off my face because debut, ten minutes off the bench, score a try. I remember like having a smile on my face and going up to him like, "Thanks so much for the debut and debut and, and thanks." Like I got to try, and he's just like, "Oh, cheers, thanks very much," and just walks away. I was like, obviously he doesn't give a shit if I score a try or get a debut because he just wants the team to win, but. Yeah, that like that happened, like that was like it. But like more, like yeah, that was kind of the that was probably the only really time I remember back in Lanza, and there wasn't too much. Mike Ruddock was pretty calm and collective person, although he was calm and collective with his voice. But it felt like you know when he was angry because the way I don't know the way he spoke. You get you you know you know exactly what I mean. His voice would never raise, but you know he's angry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd uh, he'd say something like kind of a little bit sternly, and you're like, "All right, I got to be better. Yeah. We got to be better here." Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna sort this out before he needs to go any further. That kind of way. Yeah, yeah, literally. 
I don't want Mike Ruddock trying to kill me because he's a big man. Yeah, it was funny then. One, one time we did get the hairdryer from him and it was like, oh, fuck. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. yeah. After a game, it was, uh, we were down in Young Monster, like 21 3 up, I remember. And it was, we had like a ridiculous team. It was like John Cooney, Matt Healy, maybe Marty Moore. All these boys were back. I don't know why, but they were all back for one game. And uh, yeah, we were like 21 3 up. And then we turned down a kick at the goal. And uh, went for the corner. Mm. And then, to be honest, the referee actually just rode us all the way for the last 20. Genuine. Like, I don't try not to talk about referees too much, but you know, down in those sometimes away in those yeah. kind of clubs on this side, the fans are like banging on the side. And yeah, man. yeah the rest, the rest are giving penalties. It was funny then once we, um, yeah, we had like a line out in the corner, we scored, the ref gave us a try to go 28 or 26 up and then they turned it over because one guy off the sideline one fan nearly jumped on started screaming so the ref's like oh yeah okay it was out of play anyway they scored another couple tries they won and Mike's like who who said to go for the corner when we were three scores up whatever whatever and Scotty was like uh yeah uh I made that shot (laughs) yeah Scotty yeah yeah he was was like um yeah that was and it was completely the right call at the time you know we're killing them like and then the ref just wrote us but uh but then Mike is like that is ridiculous you know just went to town on him and we were all just like oh jeez oh god and then quiet bus home for sure Scott probably gave it back to him as well Nah, this was this is like you say. It was one of those times where Mike absolutely lost. It was like, don't say a word, because even though it was oh, actually really? like the right, I, I think it was the right call to to like we were all yeah. saying go for the corner. You know, I would have been saying it too. And uh, but then, yeah, yeah, Scott would talk back, but this time was like keep the oh, keep yeah. it zip. Just let him let him blow it off. Yeah, it was, Scott was even worse. You you were obviously gone by that stage, but when he when he started getting old, old Scott DC, he was. He was even more fiery because he saw all these young young tens coming in. Fuck you now! I'm, this is my spot and all this. He's so funny. Yeah, great oh, so man. man. Great man. Fuck he. He was yeah. some. Yeah, geez, he kept going at it though. He was like, I remember leading the fitness and stuff. Even, he wasn't even that old. Jeez, you you were what age we are now? You're what twenty seven. I'm twenty nine. He was only that age, you know, just because yeah. we were young twenties. We thought, yeah, 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 fair. You know, we thought it was so old. We thought 27, 28, but now. And what's the travel like over there? Like, what a so do you travel like days of games, day before games? Like, lots of flying, I'd imagine, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, that's what one of the biggest selling like points for I tell people that are coming out. Like, I always I get messages 24 7 from young academy kids or young kids from Ireland that are looking to come over. Uh, your brother was one of them. Um, I told him to go through the draft which would be he literally he'll get straight he'd probably most likely get straight into a team which would be class um but like it's like i've seen this is my fourth season where covid didn't really count so like this is my third season really of traveling i've seen cities and states that i didn't think i'd ever see before like you go to new orleans utah you just travel travel everywhere just places that like aren't too far-fetched to go like it like if you heard someone was going to new orleans you would you wouldn't be like oh that's mad but like i'd never think of going there i'd always if i'm flying mm. from dublin i'd be going to like new york or florida or la boston maybe i'd never think of going to new orleans or even austin houston uh dallas all these places so it's class um but we normally travel this year we travel generally the two days before so we travel last week we went to utah we travel thursday 
Friday or well, a Friday captain's run, and then sat, play Saturday home Sunday, um, which is quite long to be honest. But it's kind of good to like acclimatize, especially Utah because it's at such high altitude. Um, but yeah, we travel travel every weekend. My my room is a disaster at the moment. I don't want to show you my room because I just when you get home, you just like get me to bed and you just throw everything everywhere. So sometimes it can be a bit of pain in the ass. Living out of a suitcase sometimes is is a nightmare. Yeah, that's pretty cool though that you get an extra like you get two days. You're not kind of being rushed in now. I know you probably don't want to be on your feet, but yeah. do you get time to kind of have a look around this place as you go? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You're always allowed to go out and explore and stuff. Uh, I don't really anymore because I've seen my first year in New York. We didn't really explore. We explored the uh, the pubs more than the the scenery, but uh, that was like that was the more the first time where I went out like went around more. And then last year I did a small bit, but this year not really to be honest. Just because <laughs> when you go to Utah, you see the mountains. You go to Utah, you see the mountains. You go to Utah, you see the mountains. I'm not going to go see the mountains three times and stuff like that. But like when you go to like San Diego or LA, like to have an extra day there is unreal because we travel on say we travel on Thursday, get in like five o'clock or something and then go straight to the beach for a swim and just recover and then you have the whole day friday captain's run in the morning just go around santa monica or pacific beach or something like that it's unreal like so when you go to places like that it's class or like even when you meet up like if i go to if we go, play new york meet up with old friends or go to atlanta meet up with old friends so it is lovely to do stuff like that but uh hopefully next year in miami have a team we have a day off there <laughs> Yeah, it'd be sick. Um, and yeah, it's so cool yeah. getting to chill on the beach and recover there and hang out. Um, and <clears throat> when when you mention uh, New York, there, like, what what was the crack? Like, would you been would you be on the beer during the week or? Um, not really. Not like I I was kind of I because I could never I could never perform if I was hungover to be honest. So like, there was some people obviously, but. There's some people in the Premiership. There's some people in top in the Pro 14 or yeah. whatever it's called URC that are on the beer during the week. Uh, you just they're able to perform and like I don't like I I never really held held that stigma against them. Was like my my roommate Seb was also like he has this he thinks I'm mental because I go to the gym I do an extra gym session a day but it kind of makes me feel better and like he's like that's everyone has a different way of getting themselves ready for Saturday. Like he's, he always, he's very good at recovery and stuff and like uses a steam room, sauna, jacuzzi and looks after his body that way. I just have to like do an extra gym session to feel like good about, I feel like tight. If I feel tight going into a match, I feel strong enough to like break tackles and stuff. If someone wants to get hammered on a Tuesday or a Thursday, but still plays lights out on Saturday, I don't, I don't really care to be honest, as long as they play lights out. It's once those things that you do that are uncharacteristic of being a professional that that uh, like ha- uh, inhibit you being your best on Saturday that's when I get that's when I get pissed off because like we're all like it's my this is my job it's not just like a, it's not just like a um like a like an experiment for me or just like a social thing it's my job so like if you don't play well that might lose me the game so that's if he wants to get hammered or whoever wants, like if anyone wants to have a few beers, you can have a few beers. I don't, I don't mind as long as you play on Saturday. So I'm very much of the opinion, do whatever you want to do until it starts affecting your playing situation. Yeah. And so with gym sessions, what well, you do an extra session outside of like team lifts and stuff, you like just 
do a bit more. Yeah, I do. They just think I'm crazy, but yeah, I just do an extra one a day. So I do at the moment. I'm probably doing about ten a week. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Just, but it's like it's a small, uh, it's a small little like four, it's like four sets, like little burst circuit. It takes about twenty five minutes a day. So like, you have so much time off that I just pound a double espresso i'm actually just back from it here that's why i have this but i didn't use the double espresso because i was going to be tired for this but just pound one of them and just get through it and it just kind of makes me feel so much better on the the weekends i feel i, I always say like you know when we like if you're in even lancer 19s or conic 20s or even when we train here we go to the gym before in the mornings and then we train i sometimes feel that i train better than i play because i have that like lift in me that I feel like strong you need power power before a pitch you just feel like tight everywhere you go and you're just like ready to hit someone or brace for a tackle so I always just kind of had that man for the last couple of last two three years anyway two years I've had that like try and keep that tightness as much as possible always ready yeah and your luck to have stacked on a bit of size as well geez, since uh, in the past couple of years is that from that COVID time you think as well from when you're at home just gymming That's all the time literally i literally went to went to the shed gym every day and did an f45 with like a couple of mates like richie allen he played lands in yeah, yeah. Uh, a few of the lads every day we do gyms we do an f45 as well so i was doing doing a gym session and then i was doing my running and like fitness sessions as well so like i did as soon as i got over like this year i did did pretty well in the bronco and stuff because I've been keep continuing doing that. So like, yeah, I honestly think without the COVID, without the COVID nine months, I wouldn't, I, I'd be, I wouldn't be here to be honest because I wouldn't be able to be, I wouldn't have been picked up to be honest. And what's the schedule, like you say, time off? What, what, what are you in? Are you in like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday? What's the kind of weekly schedule training wise? Yeah. So we're obviously ta- we're tailing it off a little bit at the moment because everyone's bound jacks because it's, it's, it's not that long of a season, but it just happens so quickly. You've, we're in week 16, it's two more, so 18 rounds, hopefully semi-final, final, so 20 rounds, and you have two weeks off in 20 weeks, so it's like, it's pretty tough, and also, the player, like, they ask you to play a lot more games, it's not like Lancer, where you play one week, don't play the next, play one week, don't play the next, because there's obviously not as much players here, so, like, I haven't played, I've played every game bar one, when I was dying sick, and I was, <laughs> I was almost ready to play it as well, so, They've kind of tailed off the tailed off the training a bit, but generally it's review on Monday of the game on Saturday, uh, in the morning, gym session as well, then have lunch there and then kind of what is it then? Oh, you say then you go preview for the week coming, install of your the whole preview, um walk generally walking and then top ups with like a cardio session or on-field cardio or whatever you want to do. Tuesday, pretty tough training. Gym in the morning, uh, meetings again, and then straight to field, two-hour field of like pretty pretty intense, more high speed, less contact. Wednesday is generally off, but you have massages and treatment. And then Thursday is very similar to Tuesday, but less high speed, more contact. Friday, captain's run, Saturday again. Sunday off with nice. uh, massages. Massages are good though. They're, they save you. Oh yeah, massages are so good. Jeez, a hundred percent. I remember the odd time we get them in Lanza. They're the business. 
They're unreal. This, I, we had them today. It's just like 45 minutes. I've actually fell asleep in mine today. And they're just lying there. It's, it's the best thing. Although they do hurt sometimes. Like, I woke up and she, the, the girl was just digging into my back. It's just painful sometimes. But obviously, they have to do it. And uh, so the plans, like, going forward, you were saying that, like, if, you know, if a, a mad offer came abroad, but you're pretty happy just play. you're pretty happy playing there, staying in ML, MLR, and you said you want to stay there for good. Yeah, like, I always, it's a dream of mine, obviously, to be able to, not not technically, like, I always dreamed of playing, my mum always said that, because my mum's from Sligo, so I always dreamed younger when I was, obviously, Lancer always the best, but my mum was like, I always wanted to play for Connacht if you ever had a chance, and, like, I'd love to be able to chance my arm back there, just to see how I get on, um, if everything, anything ever occurred, like, anything popped up, even, like, a medical joke or something, it'd be cool to have a think about it, but... Like, it'd have to be, I don't even think, the, like, it, I'm not talking about, like, the offer, like, the money wouldn't have to, like, I don't really, it's not about that, it's just, it'd be more about the experience would have to be pretty good, because I just love, my life over here is just, I'm, I'm loving it over here, and as, as I said to you, like, I have serious rugby for six or seven months, seven months, and then I can just tail it off and just kind of play a bit of banter, basically, just play a bit of good, good crack rugby, and, like, way, way more chilled, and obviously it's it's a completely different vibe because over here the season's at seven months so you have, you have five months of twiddling your thumbs like you don't know like trying to figure out what I'm going to do for work in New York and it's kind of funny when you think that like I'm a, I'm a professional player seven months and then working in a bar for five months so it's quite funny but yeah like if something ever like happened where I got an offer to go away it'd be pretty sweet I'd always love to do Japan just because it seems crazy but yeah, I mean, it'd be it it'd be a pretty cool cool experience. That's that's the best way I would say it. Like, I'd I'd love to try and chance my arm against players because it's more yeah, it's more the experience of chance my arm against players that are seeing a higher level than me and see if I can keep up to that standard. Because there's players here that I've played with that have played and played against that have played in those leagues and they've said that I could. So it would just be pretty. I'd almost put my heart or put my head at ease a small bit if I was able to go over there and see you maybe show up and maybe tear it up maybe or maybe get my head put up my ass so one or the other humbling or whatever <laughs> yo that uh that needs to happen Andy friend let's go <laughs> yeah get let's you over go please co- god there's enough yeah. Australians here yeah that'd be nice no 100% you could for sure and it's funny it's uh it always was, but Jesus, nearly like a Lansdowne team at the moment with Farrell, Daly, Dooley's going there, Hefo. Um, there's so yeah. many of the boys. Loads of them. Scott Deasy's coming out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that'd be class. That'd be unreal. You definitely could. Uh, yeah, I cannot. Um, and you mentioned you had an agent. So what? what's the deal? Is that like an American-based kind of? Uh, no. So I used to have an American one. Um last year got a new one when i moved to austin he's australian um richard austin corlevy good bloke uh he has a lot of the players he has he has bit meeks actually he has quay cooper uh he has a few the boys here uh mac mason are 10 mclean jones are seven he has a few other people but uh yeah he's a good bloke he's from australia he was actually over visiting when we played la met him for the first time because obviously everything's online these days um but he even he even said to me like I could he could try and figure out something maybe but I think it kind of shows that when someone says that 
he said that to me, but then I haven't really pursued it. I kind of chose where my head is at in terms of like, yeah, it'd be such a cool opportunity, but pretty happy where I am at the moment. But geez, if someone, if <laughs> I think my mum would probably come over here and slap me in the face if I didn't, if I didn't take something like if I got an opportunity to play out back at home or anything. So yeah, but hey, um, let's get tell him to get on the phone to Connacht because you're Irish qualified. You can go <laughs> over in the fall. You can play a couple of months. Matt Hansen's in the Irish team now, so he'll be he'll go. be playing in the autumn internationals. And uh, there yeah, go. there you go. Happy days. You can cover. You can cover eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Back to you cover the center. Yeah, and you've you've already put it out here that you'll be pretty cheap. You're not. It's not about the money. So <laughs> yeah. like, it's just win win. Yeah. Let's go. Like they can just it's a they can give you a little yeah, shitty one bed. Yeah. There you go. I can I can live in uh what's what's the what's the bars in the Remember. Gert Nakarba, yeah. You remember Gert, where we used to put up, yeah, those student houses. Put you in a room in a student house, Gert Nakarba. You there can you walk go. up the back yeah. way, up to training, and then yeah. happy days. And they get you cheap for three months, yeah, and then you're back to yeah, Austin. I can clean the bar, clean the floors and tribe at the bar as well. I can, that'd be grand. Let's get it. All right, well, hey, bud, thanks, Mel, for your time. It's been, uh, it's been great chatting, great catching up, and uh, fair right, play dude. with everything great. this season. And, uh, yeah, it's class. Well done. Thanks very much, you're a gent. Great to hear from you. It was good fun. Cheers for clicking in. Please subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this chat, there are other MLR players I've talked to, other guys who've played in the AIL. And uh, yeah, just have a scroll through some of the older episodes. I'm sure you enjoy them too. Please do me a massive favor and we just leave a rating and a review for the podcast wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever that is. Really appreciate it. It helps other people find the pod and yeah, I love hearing what you have to say about it. Also, please follow me on Instagram at offfieldrugby. There I share clips from the pod and also share things around mental performance to help you be the best player that you can be. Just want to also thank the sponsor of the podcast, Sparks Wealth. The podcast is geared towards young players. And yeah, when you're young, 18, 19, 20, you don't need to be seen a financial advisor. I'm not saying that, but I know that a lot of older people listen to the podcast as well. And I get that feedback. And I would never have a sponsor that I wouldn't use myself or didn't feel aligned with. And... For anyone who's, yeah, I don't know, in their mid-twenties or older, speaking with a financial advisor is one of the best things you can do because I've personally done an MBA in finance and a lot of people I know worry, stress about money. They talk to me about it. They're like, oh, should I be doing this, that, the other? And if you're sick, you go and see a doctor. If you need some legal stuff done, you go get a solicitor. But a lot of people... I know from experience try and manage their money on their own and often really haven't a clue and that then causes a lot of stress after the fact when they make bad decisions so like with everything I fully believe that seeing an expert if you're not an expert in something then you will get huge huge value out of getting an expert's advice and yeah, it's just something that I feel is really important because it's kind of in an area that I've studied, still have interest in, 
and I know that if you read the news, it seems that the world is ending every day. Interest rates are doing all sorts of things and stock markets are doing different things. And if you are not certain about how you're investing your hard-earned money, then get on to Sparks Wealth. You can go on to sparkswealth.ie and book a free call, like a free call. There's literally no obligation and there's no downside. So yeah, if you're not sure about what you're at financially, get onto them. And it ties in as well, like the stuff I do on Instagram to help young players, all around mental skills, mental health, that kind of side of things. And I just, once again, I know for a fact that money causes a lot of people to stress and has a negative impact on their mental health. So when I talk about things you can do to help your mental health to young players, yeah, there's different things there, but I know people my age, people older, yeah, one of the big things you can do is have your money managed by an expert. So I just want to acknowledge Sparks Wealth and thank them for being involved with the podcast and encourage you that, yeah, if, if you're not absolutely certain with what you're at and the news, the different things that's happening in the financial world might scare you because you work hard enough to make money, you don't want to be losing it all. And yeah, I would encourage you then if that's the case. Get on to sparkswealth.e, book a free call and just chat with an expert about your situation and what it is you want to do when you want to retire, what your goals are and Will and the team there are brilliant. Lastly, simple things like sharing the podcast with friends really, really means a lot. Flicking this episode onto a couple of friends or into your WhatsApp group really means a lot and yeah, I'll be really grateful for that. Mark's an absolute top man and cool story so far. And I fully believe it that, yeah, if Connacht sign him, it will be a win-win for both teams. He said it here that he'd be cheap. Like, you know, Andy Frank, get on to him. Give him, like, bare minimum. And, yeah, I think he would do really, really well at that level. The same way, to be honest, when I was playing with Tom Farrell and Tom Daly before they got any senior appearances for Leinster or Connacht or anything, I had no doubt that they too would crush it at the next level, which they have. They've both gone on to be in Ireland squads. And David Heffernan is another guy who was on the pod recently who went from, well, kind of went from Lansdowne to Connacht. Yeah, he was playing in the 20s. And yeah, another two guys, Craig Ronaldson, Matt Healy. I played with Lansdowne before they moved to Connacht. And same thing again i remember playing with those two boys and just being like "Woof, they're a different gravy and no doubt that they would and they did do really really well at the next level so andy friend come on let's go get on it sign mark on a short-term deal this fall as always thanks mil for clicking in i know that there's a million and one podcasts out there that you could be listening to so i do greatly appreciate you clicking in here today Have a good one. Cheers.